on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Google has a new tool that you'll love. Google Search Console URL Inspection API. Summertime sadness approaches for fans of local and smart shopping campaigns. And Google makes a positive move partnering with agencies and we're programming it all on today's show. You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. AKA Chef. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on February 4th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us here for another episode. Greg, it <laughs> happened. How are yes, you feeling? I feel, over the I hill. I feel good. I feel great because I was going, I went over the hill this weekend. So what I decided to do was to shred that hill to pieces. <laughs> so I went skiing twice this weekend. It was the best I've skied in a long time. It made me feel really, really great. And then I got a really nice birthday present from Greg's of, of future past, essentially. What? Because when the Bengals lost to the Jets, uh, past Greg put a, a decent sports investment down, Shep, on the Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC uh, championship. Oh, so you was it like a big long shot when you put the bet down? Twenty to one, yes. Wow. So more like now, twenty to W O N. Exactly, Jess. <laughs> Except, it, it was funny. We were at the at the like at the restaurant at the ski place, and they had the Bengals game on, and my wife was like yelling at me to sit down because I was like I was like really going at it. I didn't hedge or anything, um, but in true Greg fashion, I figured out one way to screw this up. I bet to win a tenth of a Bitcoin in November. However. That value has dropped 50% since I made the Five zero? 50%, yeah. So um, in true Greg fashion, I even figured out how to screw that up somehow. But it was a great weekend, and I felt great. So we're we're doing okay. Investing in sports and investing in yourself. Yeah, but I should have got the crypto. You know I'm out on crypto, but I should have just. I don't know what you're doing. At the point that you couldn't, you had to do crypto in New York. Now you can do whatever you want. Investing in sports with Greg Finn. <laughs> Jess, what's new with you? Literally, my entire world is my child, as you guys know. And um, he's become like a 40-year-old man. He's very sophisticated. Hey! Yeah. He's <laughs> very sophisticated. He used the word hydrated the other day. He's like, I need to be hydrated. He's eating sauerkraut. He's doing all these things. But then... What? He, yes. Yeah. Ew. By the That's fistful. I know. Taste. I don't even do that. Yeah. I know. Oh, We're trying not to make him... He thought it was cheese. There was a pile of cheese next to it on the plate. He picked it up. He ate it. He goes, mmm. So what kind good. of heck and cheese do you have in your house? Oh, it was Parmesan. We were having Caesar salad. So it was okay. like the flaky stuff. Anyway, so Caesar he's... Caesar salad yeah. with a side of sauerkraut. Okay. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, very sophisticated. <laughs> but then he does things like my Aunt Sharon yesterday was putting on his shoes, making jokes about how his feet stink. And he was like, no, they don't. No, they don't. She's like, you're right. No, they don't. And he goes, but my butt does. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think we're doing okay. It's very well balanced that he's, you know, 
He's on both sides of the coin, behavior-wise. With a side of potty talk. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Well, I know, um, I think you guys are both out on the Wordle trend, right? No, I'm in. Completely out. Couldn't be more. I Never play every it. day. Oh, you like do? 12.01. I didn't know. I wait. Yes. Black, green, black, black, green, yellow. So you have no idea. So I'm into recently, but oh, I, I didn't know that. That might get you into it, Greg. Nope. Uh-oh. I discovered this week, there's a new version, Taylordle. Oh, God. oh, I you thought you were going to say the SEO Couldn't be one. out on it any more than this. <laughs> Every day is a new Taylor Swift five-letter word. This is maybe what Hal is like. Uh, <laughs> just, honestly. So I can tell you today, since we recorded this, yes, this episode on Wednesday, the word was dress after her hit song from the Reputation album. That's just a word. That's not a Taylor Swift word. It is. It's the name of a song. It's a Taylor Swift word. It's a garment. Okay, you're just wrong, and you should play Tay Lordle because it's the best game on the internet. I'd probably be good at it since it's just words. No Wordle. <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> well, getting into the news this week, Ginny Marvin tweeted earlier this week from her Ads Liaison account. She said, as we previously announced, Performance Max will be replacing smart shopping and local campaigns this year. To ensure a smooth transition, we're introducing a new tool and key milestones. So the new tool is a one-click migration tool. This will be available for smart shopping campaigns in April and June for local campaigns. First of all, I'm all in on the smart shopping going to Performance Max. I I get it. But the local campaigns is what makes me more nervous, right? It does for me, personally. Yeah. If you're using smart shopping, you should at least know what Performance Max is. I agree. Yeah, but local isn't as automated right now so i feel like it's scarier for people and that's why it's even scarier when we're talking about a one-click migration does that not sound like a terrible idea what can you do with one click sounds like you could do it by accident way too easily as well yeah nothing should take one click you can't do anything for one click and i was actually thinking about this because i know you're 40 and i'm not but i'm really (laughs) falling apart like something's happened to me since you turned 40 i have kindle fatigue big time now from holding my kindle Sure, put the hand massaging up for the My hand is cramping. Yeah. I'm just massaging it all day. I have this constant hand cramp. And then my click, mouse click finger is hurting lately. It's like have you been sore. reading Glenn Gabe's posts lately? I must have been. Like, it's so sore. So when I first read about the one click, I was kind of like, hmm, sounds kind of nice. But then I was like, wait. <laughs> Your Google Ads campaign is worth the finger fatigue, you know? How are you falling apart? You're like half my age. And you're falling apart already. No, I'm not. But yeah, I mean, I've just had a rough week. I don't know what it is, but my hands are dry. <laughs> I've got Kindle fatigue. You should try a hand mask. Have you tried Ooh, hand masks? I did one last make night. make softer? Yeah. Well, that, for like 20 hours. And now look at it. I'm cracking again. It was not worth the six bucks. This is like the definition of first world problems. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm consuming t- too much content on my Kindle. And I'm clicking too much. Like At least I'm reading. <laughs> Does that count if you read on a Kindle, honestly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're still exercising your brain. Don't take this away from me. Can I have something, please? <laughs> okay. So continuing Jenny's thread here, she said, then smart shopping campaigns will auto-upgrade between July and September. Local campaigns will auto-upgrade between August and September. So I'm hoping there's another option to, quote, upgrade besides the one click option and that there's like a safer way to do it but i would do that before those july and um august deadlines because 
I don't want to be auto upgraded to anything without me like looking at the settings and making sure everything's good. That's a no click migration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a, f a few of the positives are there's some, some other news that Shep is going to be covering about change histories a little bit later and you have scheduling. So if you were using smart shopping before you now get scheduling in performance max, which you didn't have in smart shopping. So there are a lot of reasons to test this out for shopping campaigns, but everything else I may hold off until have to or or test it your own at your own in your own time yeah so then more performance max news menham ani responded to this thread and asked Ginny, any update on when performance max data will be avail available in the reporting api and i didn't know this either but jenny responded and said hi there if your performance max integration has been built performance max data should already be reflected in your corresponding reporting api which is a big update and I didn't know it was a thing. So that's awesome. This is why we have Ginny. Then people were in the thread asking her about when Performance Max Data was going to go into Data Studio, which is another big pain point. All of a sudden she just pops in and says it's working now. Like she <laughs> yeah. heard the feedback and she just snaps it fingers. right away. Yep. Right. And it was confirmed <laughs> not working. So if you were looking mm -hmm. at your Performance Max campaigns within Data Studio, somehow it used different information by being a Google product that didn't include Performance Max Data. Yeah, so this is why we have Jenny. She just heard the complaint, fixed it right away. Thank you, Jenny. And then another big change that Greg hinted at before PPC Kirk tweeted this notification. He said he saw in his account, it says, in change history, we will show insights that highlight significant shifts, explain the root cause, and provide recommendations to address issues, which is also huge. Um, Kirk says, from Google document documentation on PMAX, in my opinion, this is a great way to utilize machine learning pointing us towards potential causes and significant KPI changes to make better recommendations. So. And are you all in on Team PMAX over Performance Max now, Shep? Oh, I was just reading. I'm just asking you. It's so hard. I hate saying PMAX, but I mess up when I say Performance Max, and then I have to say it again, and then Greg's doing more editing. So I guess I'm Team PMAX, but everyone just know Gross. I hate it while I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's so unfair. Okay, what else is happening in the news? All right, from the Google Search Console Twitter account, they tweeted out, today we're launching the Google Search Console URL Inspection API, a new way for developers and SEOs to debug and optimize their pages. So you can request the data that Search Console has about an indexed version of the URL now. The API that Google has put out will return the indexed information that is currently available in the URL inspection tool that you can find in Search Console. If you're not familiar with what the URL inspection tool is, some of the common tasks that you can find out is the index status of a URL. Uh, you can inspect a live URL. You can request indexing. And at least in Search Console, you can view a rendered version of the page or troubleshoot a missing page. So there's a lot of information in there. And this is really huge for big sites, but we'll get to that in a minute. From Google, they say, this includes analysis results containing information from Search Console, including index status, AMP, rich results, and mobile usability. And everybody's favorite, Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter said, it launched. I was in the beta and tested this pretty heavily. It worked well. And he quoted the Google article saying, you can provide ongoing monitoring for important pages and single page debugging options. And then said, i.e., you can test if pages are indexed in bulk max 2k requests per day but still great to do this so that's one of the things that there's a little bit of 
concern about for some of the larger sites out there because the usage limits are only 2,000 queries per day or 600 queries per minute. So if you like going full bore, you can do 600 queries a minute for 3.3 minutes. Hashtag math. <laughs> math. Um, and then Google gave a couple of examples of how you can use this. They said, SEO tools and agencies can provide ongoing monitoring for important pages and single page debugging options. For example, checking if there are differences between user declared and Google selected canonicals or debugging structured data issues from a group of pages or CMS and plugin developers can add page or template level insights and ongoing checks for existing pages. For example, monitoring changes over time for key pages to diagnose issues and help prioritize fixes. A lot of people quote tweeted this and were really positive or had some, some criticism. Joe Hall at Joe Hall on Twitter said a lot of really good stuff here. Though the API limit essentially makes it useless for larger sites or for any client services work. Mike King at iPollRank on Twitter said, hear that? It's the sound of every crawling tool adjusting their roadmap. Philly Weiss at Philly Weiss on Twitter said, finally, this is progress. Now just up the quota, smiley <laughs> face. <laughs> and Aleda Solis at Aleda on Twitter said, it's time to obtain Google's URL inspection data at scale via the new API. What is that, explosion emoji she's got there? Pow? Yeah. Pow emoji. Please, 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 all SEO crawlers, integrate to provide status along with the one you show from crawl simulations and log files. High five, star eyes, fire emojis. I believe that's raised hands. Raised hands, star eyes, fire Yeah, emojis. high five. I don't know. Who does a double high five like that? <laughs> This is such a technical article, and that's the only thing I messed up is the emojis, <laughs> the raised hands. I'm sorry. I can't let you get it's away with that. It's the only thing I could offer. So. I, I appreciate that, Chef. When I you high five you. like that, it's like an intimate thing. You've got to either like bring both hands down or do like cradle the fingers. Ew. You can't yeah. high five Ugh. like that. And you have we to are, look I'm at both blur elbows. that out yeah. for the users. Ugh. Um, if only the users knew how sweaty my hands were, it would make it better. <laughs> what if I said height like a 10? Because that's a 10. That's too fast. But Ooh. who high fives like that? That's a full frontal high five. It's a I high 10. That. If you get a good one of those, <laughs> hashtag what better feeling is there if you just go, bam, double five? That's only for sports. I feel like you're with me. I kind of no. am. But you might be the only person that's ever like gone for that in my life. Didn't it feel like we accomplished something? From my boss, that is like the <laughs> ultimate seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you use the B word in front of me? I know. I'm sorry, boss. Okay. Um, and then there were a bunch. Stop it. And then there were a bunch of other comments. And this is the funny part. I, I'm just going to highlight one thing. Google tweeted this out. And there must have been eight people that just responded, okay. Okay. <laughs> is it a bot somewhere? Why are you even saying I'm going to blur their faces out. But it's like, people are just like, okay. 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 What? This is what you're doing? Is this a bot? And then I said, like, how are you making money off the okay bot? Like, you're just okaying this. And it's ridiculous. So it'll be up on screen on YouTube if you want to check it out. YouTube.marketingclock.com. What you got, Jess? All right. Speaking of being okay, this one's hot off the presses. It happened just hours before we recorded here on Wednesday. It's via George Wynn of Search Engine Land. Google finally launches revamped partners program. After nearly two years, the new partners program requirements have taken effect. Google will notify all partners of their current status. Oh, I hadn't heard of this. <laughs> we will get to that in a second. So it's been a while, as George said, two, yeah, I almost said two hours, 
two years. So if you don't recall what those requirements are, they're outlined in the article. Basically, you have to achieve an optimization score of 70%, which you can now do by opting out rather than accepting everything. You have to spend $10,000 across all of a partner's managed accounts within a 90-day period. Which is down from 20K. It is down from 20. I left out the huge nugget that when they initially released the requirements, people were fired up. And if you don't if this is your first time listening to the show, then maybe yeah. you didn't know that. But if you've been with us for a while, you know exactly who was fired up and what they did about it. Who? Who? <laughs> Mr. Greg Finn. Again. Someone in his 30s. This is actually great news. And you can read, there's more requirements too. And there's also additional requirements for premier partner status. You can read all of those details. You also might remember to us talking, I think it was a couple weeks ago, about the $500 credits for eligible partners, clients, and an extended period of time to earn those offers rather than 30 days. I think it's 60 now. These are all good things part we've been waiting for it's Greg Finn's take on this the guy that spearheaded the client partners movement an agent of change an advocate of advertiser Stop sanity it. and a champion of client success <laughs> Greg Finn do you want me to read your Twitter thread about this or would you like to read it I mean I can sum it up if you want I would love for you to because I think the people want the people want your stance and, and they can be, read your Twitter the moral of the story is we give a lot of heck to Google Many times that they do things wrong. I think the initial iteration of this obviously was very inc- was criminal. Cri- not hey, being nice, Jeff. <laughs> it, it was just misguided, Fraud. right? Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, we can make you do all these different things. Google actually listened to the community and made the changes. And I want to take a minute and just actually be very grateful mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. people like Ginny and the entire Google team. They can see when something may have gone a little bit too much. And not only to fix this, to say you can now dismiss these recommendations, but to go a few extra steps further to say, instead of giving you $100 to be in the partner program, you get $500 for a new client coming on board. Nobody cares about those stupid Google branded products that you can win. I don't care about that. I care about the fact that I can now give my clients 400 extra dollars that come on board. I know for big clients, that's not going to move the needle, but it will move the needle for a lot of people and it will let new new business experience Google ads and test it out and hopefully do better and grow their business. That is a gigantic win. Additionally, they gave you more time to spend that money, which is fantastic. And so for as much Grief is we can give sometimes. I think it's important to stop and appreciate it when a company does something right. And in this case, Google did right, not only by advertisers, but by the end users of the product, which are the clients of advertisers or the companies. And so when we say, does Google really care about small business? In this case, I think they made a move that they do care about. They're giving more money and they're getting rid of those recommendations that may force the hand of some folks. So I just want to take some time and appreciate that because I know we took a lot of time, <laughs> you know, providing some feedback on that. So it's just, it, it, it's nice and it's nice to have that win. And I know if you are outside looking in, you don't see this, but there's, this is a gigantic win for advertisers and for clients and for everybody involved. And I just wanted to take some time to appreciate that. Yeah. And I think it's really important to note too, that this happened based on feedback from the community. Cause if they had just done this outright, we would have celebrated. It, it would have been great, but they really made people mad. They heard what people and Greg said, 
and they fixed it. And I just think like props to them for that. And Greg, on behalf of marketers everywhere, thanks for being the change we all wish to see. <laughs> Good job, boss. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. And this week's take of the week comes from Brett Badovsky on Twitter. Who? Oh, ever heard of him? Brett. 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 Just oh, Brett. Brett. I didn't Twitter. recognize okay. him with the last name. <laughs> so <laughs> Brett said, at PPC, Greg just shared a million dollar idea. And look, we just went for saying something nice, just like <laughs> hacking all over this We again. didn't say this. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Brett did. Brett, Brett, Brett. <laughs> he said, Peeps and Greg just shared a million dollar idea. An at Google ad script that automatically dismisses recommendations. Crying face. That is the million dollar idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Brett. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why am I people from Sean Ellie at S Ellie 2134. He says the publisher report in Microsoft ads can be very eye-opening if you are looking to find out more about which syndicated search partners are showing your ads and performance for each. You can also use, to, use it to exclude certain publishers from the account or specific campaigns. I love this report too. And I found um, the Microsoft search partners to not be that bad. I have them on in a couple. What? Of yeah. You might be the only, you're like a unicorn. Nobody else has ever thought, found that. It's c- clearly Sean has. <laughs> what? He has the report on, so he must be looking at the search partners to see performance. He has them on. And he's saying you Fair can use point. it to exclude. Yeah, you can exclude certain ones. You can't but exclude if you just them if they're not included. All search yeah. partners. You're not going to use this report. Like DuckDuckGo. Yeah, DuckDuckGo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I take it back. Yeah. I, I apologize. So I, I would and just Sean. say if you're trying new things, I've seen better results with Microsoft search partners than Google search partners is what I will say. This is an audio show, Greg. No one saw that face. <laughs> you're just you're making me feel bad. I, I don't know what accounts you're looking at. <laughs> Do you want me to say No, I don't. <laughs> we could talk offline. <laughs> Now it's time for this week's pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, TikTok is rolling out a new instant page shopping display option, which will enable brands to connect their TikTok ads through to a lightweight native landing page built within TikTok itself. Sounds a lot like instant articles on Facebook to me. Mm. Um, These will load up to 11 times faster than normal mobile landing pages, they say. Okay, great. What TikTok needs is a frequency cap or people who will use it. (laughs) I see the same ads every day. Figure it out, people. What ads are you getting now? I converted Mm. on one. There you go. You don't need a frequency ad. Guess what? I did it the first time, and now I've seen the ad ten more times. What ad was it? Um, I don't even remember the name of the app, but I downloaded it, and it was like content recommendations, like you put put in books and TV shows you like. Oh, you were telling me about this yesterday. Yeah, actually, and then it'll make recommendations. How is it? You can be like, oh, here's Celine Dion for you. Yeah. Well, it's not books. It's if there was a Celine Dion documentary. Oh, movies. 
Yeah, it didn't say anything about music. It said mm. books and TV shows. Well, we do the music part here. Yeah. We try. Oh, there isn't enough Celine on our marketing and playlist. I have to add oh, her. There's more than enough. Um, if you were like me, you got an email from Google Ads this week <laughs> with an exciting update about recommendations. So now you're, you are going to be able to apply recommendations automatically from your Google Ads account, not from the control center, which is going away, but from what they're calling the auto apply tab. Cancel it. What? Yeah. So if you were using control center, you can't do it anymore. You have to use the auto apply tab for it seems for each individual account. Yeah. So and don't be, use it. That'll and be everyone's favorite bookmark. This is something you should never <laughs> auto apply recommendations on. And, and I will give you proof in the organic round. So stay tuned. Ooh. Oh, can't wait. Interesting crossover there. Google Ads is once again updating their gambling and games policy after Greg Finn's big win this weekend mm -hmm. in the crypto space. Um, they are going to accept and run ads for sports betting and daily fantasy sports from certified state licensed entities in Louisiana starting January 28th. Oh, so if you were trying to invest in sports and you live in Louisiana and you want to take the over on the Super Bowl at 48 points, you could do that? Is that, are you giving people advice? I'm not giving any advice. Okay. When did this turn into a bookie podcast? Okay, finally, something that I have been asking about for a while. Chelsea Bradley got an email. It says, you've heard the news. Facebook is now meta or just as meta. That's why today we're officially announcing that Facebook Pixel is now known as the Meta Pixel. Moving forward, all partners should update any references to Metapixel in their interfaces, collateral, help center, content, documentation, etc., as soon as possible to align with the reband. And then Chelsea is feeling a little sassy today. She said, still going to call it Facebook Pixel. <laughs> That's fine, Chelsea. You do you. I think a lot of people are going to call them the Washington football team for a long time. It's your choice. Do you, you're a, uh, a DMV native. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the new team name? I like it. You like the commies? Yeah, the uh, the commies. What? Isn't that the team name? What are you saying? The commanders. Oh, I shortened it to commies. The only thing I didn't like was, it's, it kind of sounds like commando to me. <laughs> Why don't you What's like commando? What's not to like? The movie? Okay, moving on. Moving on. I wonder what Chelsea thinks. <laughs> She's just going to call it all the Facebook pixel. The platform is still Facebook, though. Facebook ads. Yeah, but your Facebook pixel could be from like a lot of meta properties, I guess. Okay, so fine, you win. Meta properties? I'm going to call it the meta pixel by Facebook. Ooh. Call Chelsea and ask her, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have She'll a horse in this race. <laughs> <laughs> From PPC Greg, at PPC Greg, Gmail campaigns became read-only on July 1st, 2021. Gmail campaigns will stop running on June 28th, 2022. And he has a notification in his account to prove it. And then it also says you can create a discovery campaign and show ads on Gmail, YouTube, and Discover. This does not make me feel optimistic about everyone's ETAs in the years to come. Like, go ahead and add them if you're worried about it. I don't know how long they'll be. Is there an ETA on that? <laughs> wow, what a hit. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> okay. From the Twitter of Jake, at Jake at the BGM. This is a really great post about Facebook ads. Um, I see why my targeting on Facebook ads is not what it used to be, and it is probably only going to get worse for the near future. 
And a lot of people, I guess, are talking about using more of a broad approach on the platform and trying to scale that strategy. He has a response here. I have two quotes that I think are pretty good. And then you can find his Twitter to read the rest of it or join us on Discord or subscribe to our newsletter. The majority that speak of broad as the holy grail have disposable spends with no care for partner dollars. If you are in performance marketing and believe that targeting every user in the U.S., is the best plan for a business's dollars, then you are not in performance marketing, you are in advertising. Dot, dot, dot. Those dollars will move elsewhere. And while Facebook is a massive beast, if the majority of advertisers woke up tomorrow and decided that scale on Facebook ads isn't worth it at the moment, I think we would see some real solutions to the issue we currently face. That should be take of the week. Yeah, that was hot. Wow. I thought it was really good, and I just like hate using the Facebook ads platform, so I'm all about giving up on it. Well, you, might like the, <laughs> you might like the Meta ads platform, but yeah. Hmm. SXM Media, which is the mega corporation that includes SiriusXM, Pandora, and Stitcher Radio, all thriving platforms, <laughs> announced on Monday that it's debuting a new kind of listener identity solution meant to target people with ads based on the music they listen to and the podcast they love. So, looking at marketing a playlist, you can follow us at playlist.marketingoclock.com. I feel like me and Jess, our taste would build a pretty good user profile. Like you could gleam our age. I use gleam, right? You could understand our age, kind of what we're into. Like are, I, you, are you calling yourself one track pony? No, I just no. think like they would know you're not wearing a lot of pink clothing and that I am. That's all I'm saying. Except today, all black. I know. I know, like champ. I just feel like Greg's Looking at marketing a playlist would be like, this is a guy who wants people to think he listens to all these songs. He, I can, Jess can attest, I only put songs on there that I listen to about once a week now. This new one, this one this week, I just found, so it's different. But I only put stuff on. When do you even listen to music though? When I'm doing work, when I'm doing marketing work. When I have to get something done, I listen to music. I listen to podcasts when I'm driving and I listen to music when I'm working. I feel the need to defend Greg here because you called Thank him out you. earlier about Lana Del Rey and the fact that he doesn't listen to it. But he does. He's I been recommending Lana, Lana Del, Rey. Del Rey to me for years. Nobody really listens to Lana Del Rey. This How guy dare does. You? I promise you. Tales from PPC Reddit, everybody. It's time. Mm. Posted by Scatter634. 633 was taken. <laughs> this is my surefire method of gaining, gaining client trust against Google reps. Step one, go to LinkedIn and look up the rep. Two, find them. They'll likely work for teleperformance or one of many other Google third-party supports found here. Three, if they work for a third party, that's red flag number one. If they have short time position, if they have a short time in position, that's red flag number two. If they are not based in your country of operations, that's potentially number three. He says he's heard good things about Ireland support though. He or she, I don't know. I don't mean to put you in a corner. Step six, I've skipped a few here. If they have cumulative, far less experience in the space than you, that is the final flag. And then step seven, share the details with your client of your new rep's experience and involvement with a third party, not actually with Google. Along with this, it's usually a good idea to have some other supportive arguments about how wasteful these meetings and suggestions can be. So, And he says we have a canned email for that. Yeah, that's amazing. Incredible what you have to go through. Although we could all write one. 
because we all have those experiences. I can't believe I've never thought of that before. Just like looking them up on Google. So that is it for paid. What's happening in organic? All right. And first up in organic this week, Barry Schwartz over on Search Engine Roundtable says it's fine and not bad to have multiple verified Google Search Console properties for the same domain. To which Glenn Gabe then quote tweeted and said, it's not just fine, it's optimal. I've written several blog posts about adding GSC properties for important directories, which can yield more data from your reporting since it's focused on just those directories. And directories was an asterisk as well. So it's really like, oh, you want one specific section or a subdomain or something like that. I'm imagining that's what Glenn is saying. You can then report just solely on that. And he says, here's one of those posts, and we'll have it over on community.marketingclock.com or marketingclock.com forward slash newsletter. All right, next up, it's a good dot for those domainers that love new TLDs, maybe even a holla dot, as Google is launching a new dot day domain. <laughs> the general registration is open as of twos dot this week. <laughs> oh, that was just a few dots after my birth dot. And two dot, when you are listening to this, you'll be in the general registration period where the prices are as low as $20 a year. So go register one on your mid dot break. $20 a year. So how much would the price be a dot? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Hashtag math. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And next up from Barry Schwartz from his at Rusty Brick Twitter handle, he writes, Google search people search next refinement is live. And the example of this is, it appears that somebody's searching for a dentist shop and maybe what you should be doing after the threats we've heard and are concerned about you for. Thank you. And so somebody was searching and then what comes up is people search next. It also appeared to happen for somebody with an eye problem in the example over in Search Engine Roundtable. But so somebody searched for a dentist and what came up next is what is a root canal? <laughs> or does your tooth hurt after a filling? Or how to treat an abscessed tooth? So... I think the big deal here is if you have answers to longer tail queries out there, you may start seeing some more traffic. All right, next up is huge news for retailers. Now, Google Merchant Center free listings can use auto-tagging. So with auto-tagging, after someone clicks on a free product listing or a free local product listing, auto-tagging adds that extra information or a parameter that's the result ID to the URLs that you can click through. So you can see in uh, analytics, basically how the free and the free local listings perform differently than other merchant merchant paid results there. So pretty cool. And all you have to do is you have to go to your Merchant Center account under conversion settings and enable auto tagging. So pause right now. If you are an e-com person, go to your Merchant Center conversion settings and turn on auto tagging. You could do it while you're listening. Yeah, you could. I said it twice. Yeah, just if you can listen out. to Lana Del Rey while you work, they can. Do you not like Lana Del Rey? Yeah, what was <laughs> that? Shots fired? I just think everyone acts like they like Lana Del Rey and they don't really. If there was a Lana Del Rey Wordle, do you think dress would be on there? No. I think it would be like. Vicodin. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up from Shopify, there is new channel attribution in beta. And so what will be passed through is a source name, which is a a string that will indicate where the order originated, an identifier that is an ID for the original order, and a URL. So 
if there is a valid URL pointing to the original order and the originating surface, it'll show there. If not, it will just be invalid and not displayed. This is a big deal. Shopify, I think, is one of their weaknesses is that type of attribution. So at least having a little bit of information that it can be pulled is helpful. And from Chase Diamond on Twitter, at EcomChaseDiamond, he says, awesome product update from Clavio, a.k.a. Clavio, a.k.a. Clavio. In response to Apple's iOS 15 changes, Clavio released an Apple privacy open flag. Clavio users can now use Apple open privacy open metadata, that's what he wrote, on open email events. This launch will enable the following. One, the ability to segment audiences based on Apple privacy opens. Two, the option to track Apple privacy opens in customer reports. And three, the option to switch to a new email attribution setting that excludes Apple privacy opens. So pretty cool. If you're big in email, big in econ, big in Clavio, Clavio, you will enjoy this. All right, next up from Google Search Central. They say, we're happy to share that starting today's Search Console and Search Results feature will also support domain properties. It seems like I'm reading these tweets wrong. I'm reading them correctly, okay? And they can learn more about this feature, blah, 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 over at the Search Help. So you now don't have to use the traditional way to register in Search Console. You can use a domain property, and then you can see the results feature when you're searching in Google. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're yeah. adding features to their recommended way of verifying site. I know. Nice. They, why don't you do that? But whatever. They did it. it. It's the same thing with Performance Max and Data Studio. They fixed it. So this is all fixed. Again, let's not yuck the yum that they're giving us. All right. And from Ryan Jones on Twitter, at Ryan Jones, he has an article from the Hacker News that is German court rules websites embedding Google fonts violates GDPR, which if this is true, we're doomed. We're doomed. Mm -hmm. We are absolutely doomed if this is true. We're doomed because everything. Am I going to jail? Yeah. Everything is going to be a violation of GDPR. And Ryan fonts? says this too. He says, German court rules that using Google fonts is a violation of privacy because it sent the user's IP to Google. This ruling, will, if applied to all third-party scripts, will literally break the internet. And at some point, it's gone too much, or you're going to just have to block Europe. You're just going to have to block the EU. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, if you can't use analytics, if you can't use fonts, if you can't use anything, how are you going to run a successful, just block it all? I don't know. Fonts, like we talked about it before, there's other analytics options, and there's other font options too, but like what? But at some point, you're going to have to start what? analyzing every single one of them. And yeah. Then, like, just only use GDPR stuff, but then you're going to have, it like, then, let, let's say that the GDPR is is working and you fix stuff for GDPR, then what happens when the only analytics you have is, like, phantom analytics or plausible or something that's GDPR compliant? And I think it's plausible that it is. But then let's say that the North America PR comes out. And then you can't use that there. You know, it's just, you can see how broken this is where mm -hmm. everything has to be hosted there and you can't go, like if if there there's a GDPR, if there comes an APR, North America PR, the internet will break. It won't be That's worldwide. how stupid the GDPR is. I get some of the things and the intent is smart, but to say that you can't look at an IP for a font or something, like it's it's a problem. And then we have clients asking us about this and it's like, look, 
I know Austria said that you can't use Google Analytics. Like, let's see how it plays out. Because if if not, you're everything's gonna break, or you're gonna break it for the next PR that's out there. Whatever. I, I'm I'm too much these days. All right. From at Jack on Twitter, Jack Dorsey, formerly the CEO and founder, one of the founders of Twitter, who owns Review, a newsletter company. He says, for those of you on Substack, why not use at Ghost instead? Is the payment you get from Substack Inc. greater than the freedom Ghost would provide? Which probably is yes, Jack. Not everybody's loaded like you. <laughs> he didn't write that, I did. And they said, it does have a centralized dependency on Stripe, which could be fixed with Bitcoin Lightning integration. And I think this is a good example of, we always talk about getting too tied to a certain platform. And if you have something on Substack and you want a little bit more freedom, go check out ghost.org. They have a great write-up and it's something that is open source. Uh, it's funded by the users. You can pay for it and there's not a big corporation profiting off of you. And it's, it, it's, it actually seems pr pretty decent. So if you're on Substack and you're relying on that and you're worried about being canceled or on Patreon or something, check out something that you own. No, you don't actually own it, but it's open source and you control. All right, and from Search Engine Roundtable, Google may share your Discover likes with publishers. I forget who's on it. I think it was Vortican Commander. But apparently there is an update where Google has said, only you can view the stories you like, but your selections may be shared anonymously with publishers. I'm all in on this. I just want the publishers to know when you unsubscribe or mute a topic. Because I think that's more important. Mm -hmm. There's so many junk articles out there. And just because you don't like it doesn't mean anything. And that's what Google doesn't understand. They think that dislikes are stupid and that it's not helpful. It is maybe the most helpful thing. What if kind somebody, of things are you disliking? Whenever I see something and you get to a slideshow, I immediately say, don't yeah. show me stories from that place anymore. If you get to something and it's not like the title, I say, don't show me stories from this publication anymore. If you get to somewhere and it's hard to navigate, don't show me stories from this place anymore. If I get to something and I have to subscribe or log in to read the story, I say, don't show me articles from this place anymore. And that's important. I and think. they don't listen to you? No, then you just don't see that URL okay. anymore. But then those URLs are dead to me forever, right? And it's like, it would be helpful to know, all right, you had a lot of hyperbole with this article here and people didn't like it and you're now blocked from that. So not only is it good to see what people like, but I think it's even more important to see what people are unsubscribing and will never see your content again from. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tell and me how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> and from CNBC, Google's earnings came in for the Q4 2021. Alphabet, the Alphabet's the parent company, obviously. They beat the top and bottom lines for the fourth quarter. There's a 20 for one stock split, so more people could buy full shares. And in Q4, Google Advertising brought in $61.2 billion in revenue. In Q4 2020, that was $46.2 billion, which is crazy. <laughs> There's a lot more information. Danny Goodwin over at Search Engine Land had a nice little write-up there. And I pulled this from Danny's article. It says, looking at fiscal year 2021, Google Search and other brought in just under $149 billion. That's all 2021. An increase of 43% over 104 billion in 2020. So Google search, and I, I believe that YouTube's out of this, up 43% in 2021. And this isn't like pandemic numbers. This isn't like a pandemic-induced increase, which leads me to the point I alluded to earlier. Like, how good is all the smart bidding? You know? 
What do you think? Like that, 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 that's my worry with all this stuff is like you are leaving it up to the algorithms, the machine learning, the artificial intelligence for something that just jumped 43% in revenue for the company. You know, and it, you would think with more smart bidding, more performance max, more optimization, that things might get more efficient. Doesn't seem like that's the case. Or they are, and so people are just dumping their budgets. Oh, that's true. Is that that's very true. That's sky? a great point. And yeah. I rescind everything I just said. I don't know. I'm probably How wrong. How very though. optimistic that's just, of yeah, you, Jess. That's sunshine, Jess, bud for you. But do you think those recommendations are going to move that ad revenue down? No. no. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this is an advertiser revenue. <laughs> All right. And by way of Andrea Cruz and our Discord channel, Julie Bacini, Salt J at Neptune Moon on Twitter said, it's not just Google Alphabet. Apple is making oodles of money too. Apple and ad revenue skyrocket amid its privacy changes. So Apple doesn't break out their revenue from each specific department, but Apple search ad skyrocketed from driving 17% of all iPhone app downloads attributed to advertising to 58% in just one year, according to the mobile analytics firm branch. And their numbers are through the roof. You can check it out as well if you look at the article over on community.marketingclock.com. All right. And from Christina in our Discord channel, she says, more proof NFTs aren't cool anymore. Walmart is getting into it. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Are we sure Walmart isn't cool? They're preparing to go big on the metaverse with its own NFTs. So... Buckle up. Can't wait. All right. And lastly here, the New York Times is buying Wordle. That was fun while it lasted. Josh Wardle, a software engineer in Brooklyn, <gasps> has sold it to New York Times for a price in the low seven figures. So million dollars, the Times said. They also went on to say that the game would initially remain free to new and existing players. So, initially. Yes. His name is really Wardle? That's amazing. By the way, did you know that the domain wordle.com is like up for grabs? What's no. happening there? Buy it. Buy wordle.day. All right. <laughs> and that's it in organic. What's happening in social, boss? <laughs> nice. First up in social this week. Do you ever see a couch and think, that would look good on me? No, nah, not really. <laughs> well, now you can. Pinterest is rolling out an AR try-on feature for furniture. Which is just what? a poor, it's, a, it's an amazing feature. It's a dumb name. You don't try furniture on, you maybe try it out. Yeah. You visualize. Ooh. But you'd need like an empty room. Well, if you mm. need a piece of furniture, right? theoretically, the thing isn't there. Anyway, move your couch. <laughs> Take a picture. So this is from Search Engine Land. The feature, it is called Try On for Home Decor, which again, dumb name. But it means that users can see what products from the likes of Crate and Barrel, CB2, Walmart, which I hear is really hip now, West Elm and Wayfair, what those products look like in their homes. So theoretically, you have an empty space. You want to fill it. I are a little chair in there. This is awesome for our listeners that are in the furniture biz. But broader strokes, Pinterest is trying to compete with giants like Google and Amazon that are already doing this. They're investing in AR beyond what it's like totally played out in beauty right now. So hopefully we'll see some new capabilities rolling out for other industries. And if Pinterest. you're in like the home decor influencer space, you could just put the furniture in the room and never buy it and post it. It doesn't yeah. look that good from the demos that I saw. It looks great for this, but it wouldn't convince me that the furniture was in the room. Oh. 
Yeah, wow. but I, I like your thinking. Shop very devious. <laughs> <laughs> Next up from Jane Mansion Wong at Wong M Jane on Twitter. Twitter is implementing the About tab in user profile pages. That's her tweet. You might remember last year they teased that this was coming. It's basically a tab that shows information about people like location, birthday, etc. According to Jane, none of that is there yet because somebody did ask what's in it. And her response was, it's just the about tab for now. The content of the tab isn't there. It's just showing profile tweets and their timeline. So it looks like they're working on it, but it's not quite there. You can keep your eyes open if you want those boring details about people. But if you really want to know who someone is, just read their Twitter bio because I think that's where their personality shines. What's your Twitter bio? I have no idea. <laughs> but I bet it says a lot about me in like 2016. I think it's just like beer slinger. <laughs> yeah. I think I talk about that. <laughs> that was not relevant for like two years. All right. From The Guardian. The UK's Competition and Markets Authority is saying that it needs, quote, stronger tools to enforce consumer protection laws and deal with an endemic market-wide problem. This month, the advertising regulator named six social media celebrities for repeatedly failing to tell followers when they were paid to promote products in posts, end quote. Basically, they said that the influencer marketing the influencer marketing, I sound so old. Influencer marketing is more effective than traditional, particularly with a younger audience. So they're looking for a faster way to go after creators that are breaking the law. They said that court proceedings take too long. They want to just be able to issue fines. They're trying to protect the youth. The law is the law. That's fine. Takeaway from this article, though, is that the CMA is calling out social platforms themselves for not doing enough to enforce policies around this and um, or helping them with their legal proceedings. They noted that fleeting content like stories that expire make it hard to track this stuff in general too. So if this makes a big enough splash, I don't know if it will. We might see some in-platform changes or policy updates down the line, but who knows? Maybe not. Next up, news about a meme account that I actually know. This is from Forbes. Doing Things Media, an Atlanta-founded company that owns many of the most popular Instagram meme accounts like at Steve, I know that one, at 420 and at Doggo's Doing Things, has taken in a $21.5 million Series A. So Of course is, you would know that. You don't know shit, but <clears throat> Steve. I always say shit dad Steve this in my head. This was a lot of bleeps. Yeah. Rip to the listener's ears. Shit, shit, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It was so fun. I just, this is proof that being funny can make you rich. We haven't seen any dollars. I mean, maybe well, a few. We're not funny. We're not funny. Yeah. Especially not today. <laughs> well, <laughs> shit. Yes. Closing us out with an in memoriam from the LinkedIn official blog, Cool Name Alert. Did you know it's LinkedIn's official blog? That's what it's called. Like, what do you want to call it? LinkedIn's unofficial blog? I don't know. The LinkedIn Insider or something? There's... Anything. That's honestly not that lame. I mean, honestly, it's better than shit. LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this comes to us. And Shep, write this down for the clock skirts. It's an in-memoriam. Okay. okay. By way of Matt Navarro, LinkedIn is shutting down its LinkedIn Light app. So. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. It's happening. If you do so use like it. Fewer calories? Yes. Same great taste? Yes. Same great taste. It's gone for you on March 15th, 2022. So beware the Ides. All right. Next up in our segment, segment we have... Something new that we're probably going to move up to the paid side of things. We have an idea. And by we, I mean me. Yeah. Where we want to do a 10-month makeover to your accounts, your paid accounts specifically. And each month, we want to take one specific element to test out 
report back to us over in Discord, community.marketingclock.com, and let us know how things go. And each week, we're going to be giving little tips about how to use this better. And first up, month one, February. We're going to go all the way to November, and then you get December off. Thanks. Okay. Performance max for search only, because with search, if you have a phrase match or an exact match term, it should take precedence over your performance max data. So if you're running DSAs or if you haven't tried DSAs, it may make sense to give it a small test to see how performance max works, especially for search accounts. I am not saying to do this for shopping. It could cause havoc on your accounts. But give it a shot. You do need imagery, and we'll talk through all this as the month goes on. But in February, we are pushing you, the advertiser, if you have a Google Ads account, to give Performance Max a test to help make 2022 your year. Yeah, and I haven't used it either, so I'm going to be part of the test. Same. Awesome. You're going to have to report back as to how it goes. And that brings us to our real-life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. I was vaguely aware that you could segment Google Ads traffic by operating systems. You could say, well, spoiler alert, we're making marketing a clock search ads. So we wanted to send separate traffic for um, iOS and Android so people could subscribe where it made sense for them, whether that's Apple Music, Google Podcasts, whatever. We want to do search campaigns, and you can only segment by operating system for display and video. So that was a big bummer and I didn't know that was a problem and I wish that you could do it on search. So also if you see a marketing o'clock ad and you're already a subscriber, like please don't click on it. Thanks. What about you, Greg? We were thinking about a potential project that may be coming down the road where we need to find a domain name. And I am just so grateful that there are some of these companies out there that compile a list of usable domains you can sort by price. So brand bucket's the one that, that I've used in the past, but I've like been pleasantly surprised. There's squad help. There's a bunch of others. There's unicorn domains, I believe is the name of it. And you can go through and see some names that people have already purchased and put up for reasonable-ish prices. Speaking of visualizing things more, I had the privilege this past week of visiting a new client's facility. And they're- Via in, Zoom? No, in- person IRL it was awesome they are a website client we're doing a marketing foundation for probably going to do some marketing down the line and we went through our normal discovery process with them heard them talk about what they do they're in the medical innovation space I'm not a doctor or an innovator it was you're an innovator thank you but uh not the science doctor too, or the yes. technology yes the doctor of awesome and it, just honestly like if you ever have I know a lot of us we're in digital so we can work with clients anywhere but if you have the ability to visit a client in person, not only for that face-to-face -face interaction, but to really see what they do and hear them talk about it in their own element, it was completely eye-opening. Like I already really understood they did a great job of explaining it to us, but going there and just seeing it, I'm going to be able to do such a better job for them having done that. So mm -hmm. when you have the opportunity to do so, you should always take it. And in the most just bud move ever, it was your first in-person client meeting in how long? And what did she wear? <laughs> a leather mini skirt. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you looked amazing. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Working hard. <laughs> and now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. 
This week's cool tool is something that came out before the main news story with the new Google API, but still something that you may want to use. It is the Google Bulk Inspect URLs tool from Valentine.app. It gives you a quick check of any URLs you want to inspect on a site that you own. You have to authorize access uh, to your Google Search Console, and then you can select your property of interest and put a list of URLs that you want to look at. It spits out a simple table showing all of the associated data to that URL for things like crawl time, robots.txt state, canonicals, and more. You can look at the table right there, obviously, or export to a CSV file and pass it along to the data nerd in your life. So don't worry, the data here is processed in your browser. It's not uploaded to a server or shared with anyone, and it's free to use. So if you ever think to yourself, oh, heck, I must inspect, you'll be glad that you bookmarked this. We'll have it in our newsletter as well as on Discord. Pick your poison and check it out. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's Must Read Marketing article of the week comes from the one and only Glenn Gabe over on G Squared Interactive, gsqi.com. The article is Google's Broad Core Updates and the Difference Between Relevancy Adjustments, Intent Shifts, and Overall Site Quality Problems. That is a mouthful. And probably how you hurt your hand, Chef, is probably. reading this article because Glenn goes on to cover the importance of running Delta reports, how to look at relevancy adjustments and the broad core updates, intent shifts, overall site quality problems, how you can actually improve site quality, and then the key points and recommendations for site owners. And like Glenn always does, he doesn't leave a single stone unturned. So if you need to know about one of the core updates or what to do, everybody needs to know if you're an SEO, and Glenn has you covered in this article over on gsqi.com. Thank you, Glenn. All right, that does it for today's show. Greg, what are you adding to marketing a playlist this week? I don't know this artist, so don't give me any hate, Chef, but you can inject it straight into my veins. It's Sylvian Esso Die Young. I can outwork you 3X if I'm listening to the song. Sylvian Esso Die Young, I probably said it wrong, but I don't care. That was intense. Wow, that was. Jess, what are you adding? So I hate this early in the game to repeat an artist, but I discovered this song this week, Spotify's recommendation. I've listened to it eight times at least in the last three days. It's Shinigami Eyes by Grimes. Love it. I am okay. driving to it. I am working to it. I am saving the world to it. I'm happy for you. I will be adding We Don't Talk About Bruno by the Encanto cast. Oh, my God. I'm serious. Have you heard it? It's a bop. I watched the Have movie. Have you seen the movie? We've watched it 10 times. Are you kidding? I was listening to the My soundtrack all day at work. My seven-year-olds didn't even like it. No, I said they probably did. They think that was okay. I just it's feel like you're doing song. this to Greg on yeah, purpose. This is a, a troll. Song. This is was, your troll. I will bring up my Spotify right now. I was listening to the Encanto playlist. Here it is. Original I, motion picture soundtrack. I wow. Encanto believe that. <laughs> okay. All right. Guys, it is now officially not marketing o'clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. 
Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. Today we are playing a game that some people enjoy. It's Travel Buddies, where it's basically two types of people, but you're traveling with them and you pick one to travel with and one to not. Yes. All right. This is everybody's favorite game. <laughs> and you are Debatable. traveling across the globe with this person. All right. And here's... I have to give caveats because you don't understand the game <laughs> after years and years of playing this game, okay? So in... All you're traveling across the globe, there will not be one fireplace you encounter, okay? Just putting that out there for this one specifically. Okay. You have to travel the world with somebody that either prefers a wood fireplace or a gas fireplace, that that is their preference. Who do you pick? Gas, gas. fireplace. This person's all about the experience and they don't care how it's offered. Convenience. Like if it's good food at McDonald's, who cares that it's not organic? So both on the same, same there? Mm-hmm. I, that was the easiest question of the day, and you and completely wrong. botched it. Because the person that likes wood fireplace, they want a genuine experience. You're going on a vacation. You want a fake fireplace. This person is going to put in work. We're not encountering a fireplace. This, I know, but this person is not afraid to put in work. They're going to go. You're going to get authentic so you meals. you want to work on vacation. They're going to work. They like the work. You get to go and you get to experience and they're going to do all the good stuff, not the mm. synthetic artificial stuff. You're going to be like there and you're going to be going to like the tourist traps if you're at the person that likes gas fireplaces. Sorry, you're, no. you couldn't be more wrong in this. Tourist one. traps are fun and everything in this person's suitcase is going to smell like smoke because they have a wood fireplace. Yeah, and home. you're going to have to wait for them to like do chores. Yeah, no. Because they do chores. Sorry, this is this is the data. Uh, is, oh, really? It's <laughs> saying the other direction. Okay. <laughs> all right. Next up. You will. Not, and here's another caveat for you too. There's no TVs the entire time on your trip. Then you're not traveling. Airplanes, hotels, they all have TVs. They're all broken. Okay. <laughs> but you get to travel with somebody that watches commercials on recorded video that just sits there on something that's pre-recorded that could fast forward and watches through the commercials, or you have to travel with somebody that always tries to fast forward and optimize every single minute of pre-recorded Easy. video viewing. Easy. A. Mm-hmm. They're living in the moment. Just relax. Why do you... You're like my husband. He's obsessed with those buttons for certain apps on the Roku remote. And if I try to navigate to them any other way, he's like, you're taking more time. Like, no. Just relax and enjoy your vacation and watch the commercials. Okay. Plus, you're traveling. So the commercials are for things you have not seen yet. Yeah. Okay. You're learning the culture. Okay, mm-hmm. let me let me look up the answer here. He's pulling the data. <laughs> pulling the data. You're actually incorrect on this. You're going to miss so much more. Yes, you might have to get up a little bit earlier. Yes, you might have to hustle a little bit. But at the end of the day, you're going to consume more. This is a worldwide travel buddies trip. And you need to experience more and see more. And you're only going to get it with that person. And even if you have to hustle a little bit more, it's going to be worth it in the long run. No. No. Okay, you're both wrong. You're both wrong on that. Okay, so next up. Caveat for you too. You're not going to drink coffee the entire trip, okay? This is a terrible trip. No fireplace, no TV, no coffee. I'm staying home. I'm not going. Who are you choosing? (laughs) Somebody that doesn't drink coffee and constantly talks about it? (laughs) Or somebody that has a very specific and lengthy coffee order? Who do you choose to travel the globe with? Knowing you will not order coffee. I would say, okay, I'm going with the person that doesn't drink coffee because at least they won't be an angry, uncaffeinated person. That's actually a really good argument, Mm -hmm. and I can't beat it. But 
I don't the lengthy coffee order person knows what they like. They're very specific. I feel like I need to fight you on this. If we're not even going to, they're going to get coffee somehow and I'm just not involved. So they're not going to be an angry person. They might be the one that you want because they have preferences. The other one sounds like they just don't try things. So what's your final answer? It, well, we're not in agreement, which is going to be hard to, for you to disagree mm -hmm. with us. Yeah, so what, is, what is the data say? The yeah. numbers are the numbers. I, I don't make it up here. You might as well just break the tie. You what, don't want to do what's it. What's your final answer? My final yeah. answer is yeah. the you need a combination. Person. You got to choose. You looked at Jess, so we'll go with her answer. So, so you, tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. The length. What? We would rather travel with the person with the lengthy coffee order. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, you almost won if you would have listened to Chef. Come on! <laughs> because you, do, yeah, it's annoying to be like, I don't like coffee, but people are annoying in general. You know what's more annoying? Only liking one specific thing. Because you're going to be like, hey, maybe she goes with dolphins. And look, well, I don't like sea mammals. And it's like, okay, well, then you can't go what? see dolphins. Because they only like <laughs> things that are fish. Where and is this trip? <laughs> it's a global trip, Shep. So you're going to have to do very specific things. You're going to be so limited by choosing that person. And it's going to be a gigantic problem because they like things a very, very specific way. And you can't just be like, hey, why don't we go here? Why don't we go check out these ruins? They're going to be like, no, that's going to ruin my vacation. And that is the answer. I'm sorry. You went 0 for 3. Better luck next time. Okay. Well, this has been Lies with Greg Finn, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>